Blog Talk Radio. My name is Lisa Iannucci, and not only am I the founder and host of this podcast, I'm also the author of On Location, the Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide, my latest book that will be released in March by Glow Pico Press. That's just a few short weeks away right now, and I just got the hard copy of the book in my hot little hands this week. I love it. And I'm one of those writers who always feels like I could have put in more information. You know, there are things that I came across even after the book went to press, but, you know, deadlines are deadlines. So I had to get the book done. I'm happy with the way it turned out. I hope you guys love it, too. I learned so much of, you know, things that I didn't even know existed when I started putting the art uh, the book together and one of those things actually is on today's podcast, and you'll find out about that in just a few minutes. If you, can find, if you want to find out a little bit more about my work, you can head over to TravelPulse.com where you can find articles of mine. I write about a whole bunch of different travel articles or travel topics, I should say, but I also write a lot about film and TV travel. I want to give a shout-out to this podcast's real travel sponsor, Greg Antonell, and his company, Mickey Travels, LLC. I don't know about you, but I love Disney. I've gone there multiple times in Orlando. I've been there with my kids. I've been there as an adult just by myself. I can't wait to go back, whether you have little kids, grown kids, no kids. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. Disney is for everybody. And whether it's your first time going or your 10th time going, give Mickey Travels LLC a call. Their number is 888-812-8750. You can find them on their website at mickeytravels.com, or you can find them on Twitter at Mickey Travels. So last podcast, we talked about the Christmas Story, House and Museum in Ohio, and today I'm going to finish out the holiday movie chat for a while with one of the best holiday movies out there, It's a Wonderful Life. If you didn't see it this holiday, I don't know how you missed it. It always seems to be on. But you could always check it out of the library or rent it through one of the 50 million places out there that you can rent movies from nowadays. And it is a wonderful, wonderful classic movie with a really amazing story to tell. But did you know that there's a museum just to the movie? I learned about it before I wrote the book and got it into the book. And it's actually in New York where I live up in Seneca Falls. And here you can learn a little bit about it, too. I am recording this around the holiday time, and there is nothing more iconic at this time than the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And I am so excited to have Anway Law here, who's going to talk about the It's a Wonderful Life Museum. And thank you so much for being here, Anway. I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. You know, it's interesting because until I started working on the book, I didn't know that there was an It's a Wonderful Life Museum. And can you tell us a little bit about where you're located and, and kind of what what you have that the fans of the movie can see? 
Yeah, so the Seneca Falls, it's a wonderful life museum, was founded in 2010 in Seneca Falls, New York. And Seneca Falls is best known for its tradition of women's rights, because we have Women's Rights National Historical Park here and the National Women's Hall of Fame. And we also um, have a connection with It's a Wonderful Life. We believe that Frank Capra came through here when he was working on the script. And there are a lot of things that indicate that. But even more important, the message of this movie about the value of each person fits in the context of the discussion of women's rights and human rights because it's all about believing in the value of everybody. There are going to be some people who listen to this podcast who are tuning in because maybe they haven't even seen It's a Wonderful Life, but they've always wanted to. Tell them a little bit about what the movie is about, and then we'll talk about the connection to women's rights. Yeah, the movie is really based on one simple idea of showing someone what the world would be like if they'd never been born. And inherent in that becomes the message of the value of everybody. So if you hadn't been born, how many people's lives would have been affected? And that's what the movie shows. And Frank Capra, when he heard that idea um, from the original story, The Greatest Gift, he thought it was the greatest idea he'd ever heard. But it took Frank Capra to make the movie that we now know as It's a Wonderful Life because he so strongly believed in the value of everybody and the dignity of everybody. And he talked about how he wanted this movie to, to help people believe in themselves and believe in each other again. And that's why we believe the message is so timeless, because it's re- as relevant today as it was when it was made in 1946. You know, I was just going to ask you, what do you think, before we get to the women's rights things too, what do you think people love about this movie? I mean, James Stewart is just so lovable, and, and you have Donna Reed in the movie. But what do you think is really the reason why people watch this movie time and time and time and time again every year? <laughs> Well, I think it's because of the message. I think it, it people have traditions of watching this with their families, you know, and they watch with their families, their grandparents who are no, no longer with them. They have traditions associated with this film. It's a long film. You know, it's well, it's over two hours. But when you know the ending, it's worth waiting for the ending. And um, the ending brings tears to people's eyes every time they watch it because it's about a community coming together to value someone who – maybe had been taken for granted or, you know, never thought he was special. He never got to do the things in life he dreamed of doing. But by not doing those things, he became the George Bailey that everyone admires and everybody wants to be. They want their life to to be like that of George Bailey, where people would come together to show show them how much they mean to them. And it's Jimmy Stewart, certainly Donna Reed, um, But it's the whole cast. When you look at this cast, Frank Capra chose these people so well. You could never imagine anyone else in the roles of the people in this. And I I have to say that when you look at the Bailey children, and there are three of them who fortunately are still with us today, Carolyn Grimes who played Zuzu, Carol Coombs who played Janie, and Jimmy Hawkins who played Tommy, they really embody the message of this film. And when you meet them, you feel like you're meeting Zuzu grown up or Janie grown up or Tommy grown up because they have taken this movie and the message to heart and have promoted it, the message, as well as the history for years. This December you did have the Bailey children at your anniversary celebration, didn't you? Well, this December, we not only had the three Bailey kids, we also have Janine Roos, who played young Violet. 
and this is the first time she's appeared in something like this. It's the first time you've had four actors from this film together in 20 years. So it's quite something. And, um, yeah, so Young Violet, it was the only movie she was ever in. She had been on the radio with Jack Benny and Phil Harris and others, but It's Wonderful Life was the only movie she's ever in. And she spent the rest of her life working as a psychologist. So I want to take a step back because I don't want to miss the fact that we haven't talked about the women's rights connection to the movie. So tell me a little bit about how that was through the movie and what we can learn from that. Well, the fundamental foundation for women's rights or human rights is respecting the value of each person, and that's the message of this film. So they fit together perfectly. And Carolyn Grimes, who played Zuzu, has been coming to Seneca Falls for 15 years. This is her 15th anniversary this year. And we also, those of us, some of us who founded the museum, are involved in a human rights organization. And that's what brought us to Seneca Falls. And we immediately started seeing the connections with the message of the film and the words of Frank Capra about promoting the value and dignity of each person. We saw that this is the same message. So we started talking to Carolyn about creating this museum. But the foundation would be Frank Capra's belief in the value of each person. And because it fits so well with uh, the whole history of women's rights and human rights. And so now we work very closely with Women's Rights National Historical Park and the National Women's Hall of Fame and, and other people to say that Seneca Falls is where you come to celebrate that message of the value of each and every one of us. And, you know, earlier you talked about the ending of the movie, which really is just so breathtakingly beautiful and you know, having people come in and support him and, and, and provide exactly what he needed in this movie. I mean, I watched it just a little while ago before our interview. I made sure I went back because I always like to get in the spirit of the interview, and I watched the ending. And you're right. It brings tears to my eyes. And just to see people coming around and supporting who he was and what he did for the community, and it's, it's amazing. And it's awesome that it's not just the museum, but it's the whole community in Seneca Falls that took that message and made it much larger than life. I love that. Yeah, that's really true. And I think that also um, in the museum, we also expand on the message in different ways. Uh, Donna Reed was very strongly involved in promoting better roles for women in film and television, and she was also involved in an organization called Another Mother for Peace that was um, active during the Vietnam War, and they were lobbying for a Secretary of Peace and an Department of Peace, something we think would be very useful today. And so through Donna Reed's efforts, we can talk about that, and that also is about respecting the value of each person because that's what peace is about. And then also when you look at the exhibit's things we have in exhibits we have a lot of personal items from people it's not just about their role in it's a wonderful life carol coombs sent us the doll her uncle gave her during world war ii carol Co- uh, carolyn grimes sent uh the portfolio she took to different interviews jimmy hawkins sent his yo-yo because he was a yo-yo champion so we have all these different things that mean a lot to people and they're all valuable and they're all part of this whole message and so it's a really unique museum. We have certainly have things from the, the movie, not props. There's not much left, but we have a lot of autographed items and a lot of photographs. And But it just has a, has a spirit about it of people and people who just love this movie and carry it in their hearts. 
who are your customers? Like, who are the people that are coming to see the museum? Are they typically older? Do they bring younger kids? Like, who actually walks through those doors? Everybody. We've had people from all 50 states and 30 countries. And wow. so that's been in six years. Uh, we had 10,000 people come through here last year. That's a lot for a little museum that doesn't do a whole lot of publicity. And people have heard about it, and they tell people about it. And they're people of all ages. We get senior citizens tour groups, but we get families with babies saying they're going to show that movie to their baby when it grows up. We we kind of tell people that, you know, they've got to be responsible for uh, – celebrating the 100th anniversary. We need to take this movie to its 100th anniversary, and we kind of charge the young kids who come through with that. And we had one little girl who could just, she memorized the whole script practically. She could quote all kinds of lines. So it really affects all people. And uh, all we've had people from different religions, you know, different backgrounds. It's just uh, something that that message is not restricted to any one age group or any one group of people. It's a universal message. And we talked about this before, but you have an annual festival. Tell us a little bit about the festival and if you are coming up to visit it, whether it be this year if they have the time or next year, uh, what can they expect to see? Well, it's always the second full weekend in December. So uh, this week, this year it was very early. Next year it will be quite late, December 14th, 15th, and 16th. And the whole town sort of becomes like Bedford Falls. It's a small town, and there are all kinds of things going on. Um, there are presentations and autograph signings by the actors connected with the film. There's a dance by the light of the moon with a 19-piece orchestra. There's a parade, uh, small, just like you'd have in a small town, but it's a pretty big parade. And bonfire, and we have special dinners. This, we're creating Frank Capra's preview dinner with the exact same menu he used when he did a preview of the film uh, in 1946. There's all kinds of things. And we also ring the bells of the real Bedford Falls in honor of people who've impacted our lives. And people can look at our museum website, wonderfullifemuseum.com, for information, or go to therealbedfordfalls.com. This year we talked about the actors that are appearing there. In the past, who has appeared there? Well, it's grown every year. Um, we started with Carolyn. Carolyn, as I said, has been coming for 15 years. Um, and she goes around the country talking about Seneca Falls and, and what goes on here. Uh, then she introduced us to Carol Coombs, who plays Janie. She's been coming for about six years. And last year was the first time that Jimmy Hawkins, who played Tommy, was able to come. Also, Frank Capper's granddaughter, Monica Capper Hodges, has been coming. This will be her third year. And she's bringing her daughter this year. Uh, Mary Owen, the daughter of Donna Reed, um, has been coming to the festival. And so every year we kind of add or uh, we won't always be able to add, but we add different different components and different perspectives. And um, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, um, and a lot of people still connected with it, and children of people and whatnot. So it's it's going to just keep going on and on and increasing, I think. Nice. But you're open year-round, though. It's not just at festival time. You're open year-round, yeah. and you're free, correct? Yeah, we made a decision when we opened that in the spirit of the movie, admission should always be free. A lot of people leave donations. Um, that helps us a lot. And, uh, yes, we're open. Generally our hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 4. Sometimes we're open a little later or we can accommodate tour groups at other times. 
we may expand that, but we're not able to do that yet. And you're closed on major holidays, which is good to know, especially if people think they're going to come in on Christmas Day for the same, That's right. you know, to have that experience. <laughs> but on your website, yeah, you have an awesome little shop, too. You have calendars that, you know, people can get based on the movie, and you have these awesome envelopes like, um, you know, countdowns to the 70th anniversary, um, you know, things that you can buy um, from previous years. And you guys should check out this, this uh, shop online, too, for wonderfullifemuseum.com slash shop. And look for something to get one of the fans in your life who loves and sits and watches the movie every single year. This, this is an awesome gift idea. So, uh, you know, is there? Do you have a gift shop at the museum as well? Oh yeah, and we have a lot more here. It's expanding all the time. And you know, we try to do things like online. You can see there's a there's, we sell copies of the original program from the Globe Theater the, the day they premiered uh, the movie for the there was a special uh, premiere for the Boys Club of New York. And uh, so it's it's exactly what people were handed out then. Uh, we do the first day covers, as you said, with different things each year. In our in our store right here, we have a lot of different things. We've started having people design things for us. Uh, there's a very famous um, quote from the movie. It actually hangs on on the um, the wall of the Bailey Building and Loan. It says, "All you can take with you is that which you've given away," and that's kind of our motto. And we've had a lady who's designed a cross stitch kit with that on um, for us. And we've also had another person design some fabric pillows that are based on the flowers of It's a Wonderful Life, Hollyhocks, Hydrangea, and Zuzu's Petals. So we have some interesting things that, that people are also designing for us to just, you know, add add some new things um, to the whole gift shop and what people can get here. Awesome. And like I told my listeners before, you definitely want to check out wonderfullifemuseum.com. And don't just go up there to see this museum. I mean, this museum is wonderful, but you also want to make those side trips over to the Women's Rights National Park and Museum. And it's a great trip to take as a whole. But even if you just get up there for the museum, it's a wonderful life. You'll have a, a wonderful time. And it's an iconic museum and based on an iconic movie. And I'm so excited that I got to share this information with my listeners. And Anway, I'm so excited that I got a chance to talk to you about it. And is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we let you go back to the museum? Um, I don't know. I think we've covered it pretty well. I just I just think if people haven't watched the movie, they really should watch the movie. It's always shown Christmas Eve. It's usually shown a couple of a couple of weeks ahead of that too. And it's a long movie, but you really you really need to wait, get to the end. And I think that I often tell people when there are difficult times in one's life or when you're reading a difficult book, you go to the end because that's where the hope is. And that's where the hope is in It's a Wonderful Life. And that's why people come to this museum. Anway, thank you so much for being here. I had a great time. I hope you did too. And I'm glad that we got to share this information with my listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. And we hope to see a lot of them here in the next year. That is definitely on my plans. I mean, I'm in New York. I have no excuses to be up there in December at this museum that is dedicated to its wonderful life. And in case you it, the two websites that you can go to for more information are wonderfullifemuseum.com, and the other website is therealbedfordfalls.com. Both will give you information on the museum and the festival that happens in December. Remember, though, it's all year round, so even in the middle of summer, you can head up to Seneca Falls and check it out. 
Now it's time for my Celebrity Minute, and I'm so excited about this. Um, For those of you who are Orange is the New Black fans or Stranger Things fans, you're going to recognize Catherine Curtin. And you might know her from those TV shows, a host of other TV shows that she's done. She's done a ton of work in independent movies such as Beauty Mark. I am a huge fan of Orange is the New Black. Many of the scenes were actually even filmed in my home area of the Hudson Valley in New York. I don't know about you, but I hate that I have to wait a whole year after binging like two weeks on new episodes for more episodes. Uh, Remember when we used to get one episode a week? And those were the days. All right. So I could watch one a week and I could make it last a little longer. But I've been told I could also eat one handful of popcorn and stop. And I can't do that either. So binging is what it is. And please hurry back with new episodes of Orange is the New Black. I know Catherine, and if you're, like I said, fans of Orange is the New Black, you would know her as the prison guard Wanda Bell. I had the opportunity to meet Catherine at the Woodstock Film Festival in Woodstock, New York. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's my favorite film festival. She was in the independent movie Beauty Mark. We had a chance to meet and talk. She did an amazing job as the dysfunctional mom, Ruthanne. I've since interviewed her for a few different articles, and she contributed to my Celebrity Minute. So here she talks about her favorite travel movie. Hi, this is Catherine Curtin uh, from Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things, Homeland, Insecure. Anyway, uh, I think my favorite travel film probably was Sideways. I love the wine country of Northern California, and this movie was, it was just such a, a a movie of its time, and such an amazing film, um, it was really groundbreaking, and I love when we have these groundbreaking pieces of art, these, these great works of art that are, are marks of uh, a moment in time, and that become a part of our collective love of film or TV or, and I think this was one of them and the performances are amazing and, um, you know, I, I love all four of those leads. I, I think they're just, they're fantastic actors. So anyway, that's, that would be my travel film, uh, Northern California. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much, Kathy. In case you didn't know, Sideways was a movie that followed two men in their 40s, one of them played by Paul Giamatti, and the other one played by Thomas Hayden Church. And one's a depressed teacher and an unsuccessful writer, and one is a past-as-prime actor. And they take this week-long trip to the Santa Barbara County wine country, and it's a great movie, as Kathy said, and, um, you know, you want to check it out. It did really increase tourism to this particular area of California. And, um, you know, that's why, like I said, I'll, like I said, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. Anything that brings people out and traveling, anything in the movies that get you to go somewhere and visit, I love. So, again, I wanted to thank my sponsor for this podcast, Greg Antonell and his company, Mickey Travels. I hope you like this podcast. I really appreciate that the sponsors have come through and allow me to get this information out to you. I'm going to be increasing down the road what I'm going to be doing. Uh, You're going to be getting eventually a newsletter that's going to have newsy things that I 
to want to get out to you in between podcasts. Uh, there's going to be other interviews, other things going on in the newsletter. I can't wait to start getting that out to you. So this, I love doing this podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Um, and if you do and you, like I said before, want to go to Disney, make sure you look Greg up and his company, Mickey Travels LLC. A reminder, it's 888-812-8750, or you can find them on Twitter at Mickey Travels or their website, MickeyTravels.com. Please follow me on Twitter at Virgin Traveler and follow the podcast. This way you know when I put up a new episode. I'd like to say I'm kind of, I kind of know what day I'm putting them up, but right now I don't yet because I'm always on the go, it seems, but I'm trying to get on a more regular basis, and at least if you follow me, you'll know when there's a new podcast up. Finally, please make sure you go to Amazon and pre-order my book, On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide. This is Lisa Iannucci of Real Travels. Thank you so much for joining me, and until next time, get out and travel. (laughs) 